0: It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, amen? Amen. I want to thank you for weathering the cold and the storms. Anybody tired of the snow already? Wow. Wow, whoever's praying for snow, can you stop? Stop already, stop. Amen. We all comfortable? Come on, press in, get comfortable, get excited. Alright? Comfortable? Good. Let's stand up for the reading of the Word. We're reading from Psalm 139 this morning. Alright, everybody. Good. Psalm 139, starting right at the beginning. God, investigate my life. Get all of the facts firsthand. I am an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence, coming and going. This is too much for me. I can't take it all in. Is there any place that I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far west horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact that darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation! You know me inside and out. You know every bone of my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful, God. I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I can count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you, God. Amen. You may be seated. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you know us that well. We thank you, God, that you know what we need. You know who we are. You know the purpose that we have, Lord. You know what you've called us to be. And so I pray, God, that from the words that are listed on, 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 in this message, God, that, that there would be a word for each and every one of us here today, a word that we can take in, a word that can change us, that can rearrange us, a word that can give us life. A word that can give us purpose to continue to move forward. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. well if you're just joining us, we're in the middle of a series about the Gospels. We're walking through the Gospels. It's a series titled, Who Do You Say I Am? And if you've been with us, you've heard that a lot. You're going to continue to hear that a lot. In Matthew 16 is where we got this from. Jesus is with his disciples and he asked them, what are they saying about me? Who do people say that I am? What's the word on the street? What do people believe about me? And, and, and that's where we got this, this message because he turns to them and he says, who do you say that I am? And the goal, again, I want to give you the goal of this series is to get to know Jesus more. To get to know who this Messiah, Redeemer, Savior, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the lifter of my head, the lover of my soul, the one who formed me and created me and caused me to have breath and purpose, the one who watches over me, who goes before me, who sticks closer than a brother to me, who abides in me, bears fruit through me, whose word is a light unto my path, who gave me the word, who is the word, so that in him I can have eternal life, not because I'm good but because he's good not because i loved him but because he first loved me because in knowing who he is we can better understand who we are amen i don't i, I can't say that enough because i want that to sink in i want that to be understand in knowing who he is we better understand who we are amen so today i want to pick up in the story where i left off last week in a message titled Follow the leader. Follow the leader. If you're from the Caribbean, it's like this. Follow the leader, leader, leader. Follow the leader, leader. All right, there's only three of you in here, amen. Got that stuck in your head? I want that to be stuck in your head. I just had a flashback from a cruise a couple years back. But it's so true. We can avoid so much heartache if we just follow the leader. Amen? We, would, we can avoid, we can, we can be so, how many understand we'd be so much further along if we just follow the leader? Right? If we stop doing our own thing, going our own way, if we would just follow the leader, so many of our struggles, man, because we become like who we follow. We got that? Alright. So we're in the Scripture passage, Matthew 16. Let's recap real quick. Jesus asked him, Who do you say I am? And remember, Peter says, you are the Christ, you're the Son of the living God, right? And and Jesus responds to him, he says, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, because flesh and blood have not revealed that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus got really pleased with Peter. And we talked about how God spoke through Peter so naturally that it he didn't even realize that God had revealed it to him. Peter Peter didn't even know he was being used by God. It came so naturally. Amen? And we determined, as we've been kind of un- unpacking this, it's easier to be used by God than most people think. Right? We just have to be act like the one we're following. Do you understand that we don't have to get in the Spirit? The Spirit is in us. Why, why are we so weird sometimes? We don't have to get in the Spirit. The Spirit is already in us. We don't have to say anything. We don't have to pray a certain way. We don't gotta shake. We don't gotta tremble. We don't gotta jump. We, the Spirit is already in us. We can be used by God so naturally. Amen? So, so he says, he, he, he says to Peter, you know, who, who do you say I am? Peter gets it right and he tells Peter, Peter, that was awesome, man. That was so awesome. You don't understand. God just used you and then watch what happens in the story. You ever had one of those days that started great? Right? Come on. You ever had one of those days that started great, man? It may- maybe you prayed in the morning, you got up and you got up a little earlier than the alarm clock and you prayed a little bit and you're like, whoa, man. You know, you're feeling real good about yourself. Come on, anybody? Anybody? You had one of those days, just one, it doesn't happen all the time, but you had one of those days, where you prayed in the morning right before you put on the chancletas, and you were like, man, and you started feeling good. Maybe you read a little passage of scripture on the bus, right? You were like, whoa, let me, you know, this little thing popped up, this devotional on my, on my, on my iPhone. I'm usually checking Facebook and Instagram, but you know what? Let me, let me read this little devotional. And that morning you read a little devotional on your iPhone, and you were just feeling like holy. You feel like your feet, you're not even touching the slush, man. you just, you're floating. And, and you know that feeling that you get? Like you, you, you're walking around thinking, man, God is probably pretty stoked with this guy right here today. Right? Who does God love? This guy right here. You know, you have, you ever had that, right? And, and maybe, maybe a lady, like she dropped her glove and you said, I'm going to be the hero to this glove. And you, and you swooped down and picked up the glove and you chased her 16 blocks, you know? I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating, but I'm Cuban. So, so you get to her and you say, lady, lady, man, man. You dropped your glove, but I rescued it for you. And the lady's like, oh my God. This glove was given to me, my gra-. No, whatever, but you know, you know what I'm saying. And, and you're just feeling so good about yourself. You ever, anybody ever had one of those days? You're saying, God loves this guy right here. And then something happened. Somebody pushed you the wrong way. Somebody cut you off. Somebody stole your parking, somebody flipped you to bird. somebody does something and and before you even knew it, you responded in anger, in depression, in in stupidity, whatever. Before you even realized, somebody asked you a question and you had to lie and you just dropped. Somebody said something to you and you had to go that extra route. And and before you know it, you're like, oh, I blew it. (laughs) I blew it. Here in the story, Matthew 16, 21, Jesus, Jesus just tells Peter, man, you being you by God. Go ahead. Peter. He gives Peter a fist, a fist pump. He said, go ahead, Peter. You're, the, you're my dog right there, man. And then look what happens. Matthew 16, 21, it says, Jesus started to share with his disciples. He, he started breaking it down to them. He said, listen, the time is coming. I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem and the elders and the chief priests and they're, they're going to, gonna attack me and they're going to ridicule me and they're going to mock me they're going to eventually capture me and they're going to kill me but in 3 days I'm going to rise up and and, and the disciples are like what like they're not getting it every time he shared this with them a couple of times and every time he shares this they kind of it doesn't get through and and you know Peter right now he's feeling real confident he he's like yeah I'm you know I'm the only one here in this whole team being used by God If you guys remember, I'm the only one that walked on the water because you guys were all too chicken to step out. So, so he's feeling pretty full of himself right now. And 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 Peter hears Jesus talking about he's going to go and suffer and he's going to be killed in Jerusalem. And Peter, the the word the word tells us that he kind of pulled Jesus aside. So so Peter says, "Come here, Papito." He says, "No, no, no. You got you got Pedro. My name means rock." You know, the rock is with you. You got the rock. Amen? So he's telling, Peter, he's telling Jesus, listen, listen, listen. You don't have to. God forbid this happens to you. You're not going to die. Nobody's going to kill you. Not while Pedro's here. It says, Peter took him aside. He said, far be it from you, Lord. God forbid this will not happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. (laughs) Jesus says, you're not following the leader right now. So wait a minute, one moment, Peter nails it. Peter's getting high fives and fist pounds and the whole nine from Jesus. He's saying he's being used by God. And then the next minute, Jesus drops the gospel on them. He said, I came to lay down my life for you. Peter pulls him to the side and Jesus tells him, stop letting the devil use you. Somebody say, rough day. (laughs) Rough life, right? So what happened? Can we be, here's a great theological question for us today. Can we be used by God one moment and be used by the enemy the next? That is an absolute positive yes. Some people be upset with me about that. Some people want to challenge my theology about that. Listen, I'm not trying to keep it real, I'm trying to keep it real biblical. Amen? So, so understand this, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, only the Father could have shared that with you. Jesus said, listen, you, you're doing awesome because you're using Poppy's vocabulary. You, 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 you're thinking like the Father right now. When Peter said, you don't have to do that, you don't have to die he was thinking like man. Worse than that, he was using the same words that Jesus had heard when he was tempted in the en- by the enemy in the wilderness back in Matthew 4. Back in Matthew 4, Satan took Jesus after 40 days of fasting. The word says, Captain Obvious John says, Jesus was hungry. 40 days of fasting. He was drained. He was at his... At, at, if Jesus could be at his low, he was at his lowest. He was, he was drained. He was hungry. And it says Satan tempted him in the wilderness. Satan took him up to the top and he showed him the king. He said, and he tells Jesus, all of this kingdom can be yours. All you have to do is bow down to me. He was trying to, to get Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom and avoid the plan of salvation. He was, he was offering dominion of the world without experiencing the sacrifice or the suffering of death. So what Satan was doing was offering Jesus a painless shortcut. All he had to do was denounce his loyalty to God and bow down and worship Satan. Family, beware, Satan's got a shortcut for everything. Those of you that are always those kind of people that you're looking for a shortcut, come on, there's three of you in here at least. You're always looking for uh, the shortcut. How do, how do we lose weight fast? What's the shortcut? How do I get rich quick? What's the shortcut? Come on, how many of you sat through a hundred pyramid meetings? Come on, you've been to every one. quick start all, that, all those things. Because you want to get rich quick. Right? We all want a shortcut. We want... Listen, Satan is always offering... That was just for dramatic purposes. Satan is always offering shortcuts for everything. There there is no shortcut. If you want to lose weight, you got to exercise and you got to eat right. Man, you hate me for that, right? (laughs) If you want to get rich, you got to work hard. And you got to be faithful with what you have. And you have to be faithful where you are. Amen? Amen? I know that wasn't good news. So when Peter pulls Jesus aside and he says, you don't have to do that. You don't have to die to achieve greatness. Peter was saying, we love you already. We worship you already. You don't have to die. Jesus was hearing the same earthly thinking that he heard from Satan. And so he says to him, get thee behind me. Because you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Side note. Listen carefully, the enemy is still the same today. All Satan ever wanted was people's worship. That's all he ever wanted. That's what he became Lucifer in the first place. He, he saw everybody worshiping God and he was leading the worship, the Bible says, and he wanted that worship for himself. So all he's ever wanted is our worship. And so he, even today, he offers the world, if we would just denounce our loyalty to God and bow down and worship him, we hear about this in almost every genre of music. They sing about it, in all these, all these songs, how they sold their souls to get everything they could ever want here on earth. Listen, the enemy sells this shortcut daily by getting people to believe that this life is short and you got to get everything you can while you can get it. Isn't that the mindset? How many of us sometimes we get caught up in that, right? It's so easy to get caught up. We work, all of us, right? We work where, the, depending, I work in corporate America. So that's so hard when you're in a corporate job. You get caught up easily. I got to get ahead. I got to get more. I got to make more money. I, I got a 3% raise. I want a 10% raise. I want this kind of increase. I want this. And, and you get caught up in that. And you want more and more. Because I want to get everything I can get. I want to give my kids the things I didn't have. Right? And, and 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 it all sounds really good and really holy. But we lose track. And we're, we're buying into Satan's shortcut. The sad thing is, it's getting easier and easier to sell. With the condition that this world is in, all the things that we're seeing, anybody bugging out with this weather? Like, it, it's the weird, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Right? It's uh, It's getting easier to, and easier to see that life is short. The older, as, as many of us get older, you know, some of you guys are getting older, and... You start. We start to see that people pass and we start to see, you know, we start to lose people and, and, and some people we lose them young, some people we lose them late, but, but the message that this life is short is really coming across and really becoming real to us, right? But the, the shortcut that Satan is selling, I want to warn you, has everlasting effects. This shortcut that Satan is selling is like the drugs we hear about on TV. How many of you like those commercials that you hear on TV for all these new drugs that come out? Are those the best, right, with the side effects? Listen, there's, there's a, they, you'll see a new commercial and there's 10 seconds of benefits. <laughs> they say, oh man, take this drug and if you got pimples, it's going to clear your pimples away. Your face will be clearer, people will like the way you look. They'll show a guy, he's got three girls next to him, right? And and you'll feel more confident, you won't be embarrassed by those red marks on your face. Ten seconds of benefits, then ten minutes of warning. May cause depression and overwhelming thoughts of suicide and some eventually leading to death. (laughs) Has caused shortening of breath, causing asphyxiation, resulting in chronic asthma, lung cancer, brain damage, and possibly death. May cause stomach cancer in patients who eat or have eaten grapefruit. If you've ever eaten any fruit, consult your doctor before trying. In rare cases, people's faces have exploded. If your face gets hot and you feel a lot of pressure, see your doctor immediately and keep your face away from small children or closed locations. You too can have a clear face. It's such, it's such a great picture. <coughs> it's such a great picture of the enemy. It's such a great picture of Satan's shortcuts. They should all say at the bottom, Satan's shortcuts. <laughs> Brought to you by Satan's shortcuts. It might give you what you want right now, but it will damage you. It will break you down and it will eventually end you. I wish somebody said amen. Amen. Satan's shortcuts have everlasting effects. There's a binding contract. He says, you worship me and I'll give you fame and fortune and all the fun you can handle. But understand something. And here's the warnings on his product. I can't protect you once past this life. His warning: say, I can't provide for you past this life. He's saying, listen, you're going to have a blast here. You can do everything. Do whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> you can do everything you ever wanted to hear. You can call yourself God if you want to. But understand something. I can't be responsible past this life. It's like you're renting an apartment in a building that's already been condemned. Come on, somebody. If there's there's something after this short life, then you're on your own. Some Christians think they can take Satan's shortcuts as long as they pray about it. We say, yeah, you know what? I know she's not following God right now, but I get with her, though. And... I just keep praying, man. I pray, I pray, I pray, pray, pray. You know, I go like to, to I, I think they got like prayer on, on, on some Wednesday or something. I go to prayer on Wednesday. You know, I just pray and pray and pray. We take Satan's shortcuts and, and we think if we pray about it, we're going to come through. I'll let that just fall right. Let's go back to the story. So, so Jesus recognizes this shortcut and he tells Peter, you better back up, son. He tells them, understand, listen, and, and we look at this story, we gotta understand. Peter is coming from a place of love. Peter's not trying to be used of the enemy. Peter has a heart for Jesus. Peter has a heart. Peter gave up everything. When when God called Peter, when Jesus he he was fishing, and Jesus met him and the brothers, and he said, Come follow me. And it says they left everything, they dropped all their tools. They dropped all the, the stuff that they've used, the, everything they need to make a living, to provide for their family, the tools of their trade. They left everything there on the shore and they just followed him. So, so Peter has a heart for God. But, so this is not coming from a bad place. Peter was just acting out of love for him. But in doing so, he made two mistakes. The first one, he tried to take the leadership position from God. Come on, we do that all the time, right? We tell God what to do and how to do it. Anybody guilty? We tell God what to do and how to do it, and we'll even give Him suggestions. God, you could do it this way, or you could do it this way. But either way, in the long run, you understand, this is what I want done. And we we take the leadership position, right? Jesus said, notice the, the wording Jesus uses. He says, get thee behind me. In other words, he saying, follow. I don't follow you. You follow me. I'm the leader. Get thee behind me. Know your role. He saying, listen, if you follow me, I'll show you. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. But if you go in front of me, you're on your own. You're not listening to me anymore. You're not following me anymore. He says, if you follow me, I'll lead you. I'll guide you. Listen, I'll even, when you become a believer, I'll even place in you a deposit of me. There'll be a Holy Spirit in you that'll act as a GPS. And this GPS in you will always know how to get you to me from wherever you are. Oh, man. Come on, man. You, you, some of you don't remember before, when you got lost, you had to figure something out. You had to go to a gas station and ask for directions. You had to go, but, but what happens now? It don't matter. You can end up in Brooklyn someplace. Because like for us in the Bronx, Brooklyn is like a whole other country, right? You can end up in Brooklyn. The numbers don't make sense. The streets don't make sense. Or Queens, everything is Park Place, Park Avenue, Park Lane. How are you supposed to get around, right? So, so but but we could end up today, it doesn't mean we could end up lost anywhere. We could just say, I tell Siri, take me home. And and I love it. She says, getting directions to Papi Chulo's house. Cause that's what I tell her to call me. I said, call me anyway." It's funny. It's funny. So we could get lost anywhere, and Siri will get us. To, you know, and, and, and the GPS will get us the Holy Spirit is like no matter where we are no matter what condition we find ourselves in no matter how lost we get no matter how many wrong turns we make wherever we're at we can say Jesus I need to get back to you and, and the GPS kicks right in and he says okay go forward a couple of feet Now, now make a right and just continue on until I tell you to turn. Now stop. And right there, I need you to stop. I need you to now go forward and it'll bring us all the way till it says you have arrived at your destination. Amen. So Peter tried to take the leadership position. Second thing he did wrong, he was thinking worldly. Worldly. Church, too many, too often, man, we think worldly. We go back to the way we used to handle things. <laughs> we say, you know what? I need to make a little bit of extra money for my family. Surely God's not going to be angry with me. I'm just trying to provide for my family. So instead of doing things the way we know God would have us do, instead of doing things on, we go back to the worldly way of thinking. And we say, you know what? If I just, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If I just, if I just, you know, if I just, Evangel, you know, God knows my heart. I'm doing it for my kids. God, no, God does know your heart. And that's why we need to, oh, come on. So, so Jesus was explaining to Peter, listen, that he's telling him, well, I'm going to have to suffer for your sake. I'm going to have to die to take on the sins of the world. And, and so to try to stop that or hinder that was a whisper from hell. So Peter was commanded to forsake his role as instructor and resume that of a follower. I think that's a word for somebody today here. God is saying, it's time for you to forsake your role as instructor and resume that of a follower. Amen? So Jesus was saying, just follow the leader, Peter. We need to understand that just as easily as we can be used by God, we can become a hindrance to somebody. We can become a stumbling block to somebody. Get this. Get this, because you got to get this, because you might be thinking weird about this. You don't have to be demon-possessed to be used by the enemy. You could be a sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled, shaking, trembling, Quiet, director, leading, full of the Holy Ghost, Christian, and be used by the enemy. I know y'all going to get emails on that. Send all emails to Mark at Sanctuary Fellowship. Sorry, buddy. Love you, man. It's so easy to be used. It's just as easy to be used by the enemy. All you have to do is step out of the character of the one you're following. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we put our eyes on the natural, on the mind of men. We can easily be used by the enemy. Listen, when our influence and our words and our authority don't line up with the one that we're following, then we're lost. And we're not accessing the areas that we have access to. We're not hearing from the Spirit of God. What Peter said didn't line up with the Word. Here's, here's a great thing to hold on to. Some of you just need this and you could go home. How do I know when we're not following the leader? Tell somebody, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that, guys. How do you know when you're not following the leader when our decisions Don't line up with the Word. When we're acting out of character of the one that we're following, when we say one thing and we do another, when we're not faithful, when we're not reliable, when we're not trustworthy, when we're not loving, when we're not bringing peace instead of turmoil, when we're not bringing reconciliation, when we're not showing forgiveness, when we're not walking in love... We are not following the leader. Come on. You want to know a real easy one? When you act one way here and you're any other way outside of here, you're not following the leader. You're faking the funk. Be careful that we don't give the enemy any opportunity to make use of something we say or something we do. We've already seen through Peter that we could be hearing from God one minute and in the next step, we can step out of, into our earthly thinking. Amen? Family, I, I want this to really sink in. Can we follow the leader? Can we, and, and understand, I'm not preaching follow the leader like I'm your leader and this is the whole message, you better follow the leader. Listen, you only follow me as I follow Christ. That's the deal. That's what Paul, that's how Paul put it. You you follow me as I follow Christ. The second I'm not following Christ, you kick me to the curb. Amen. Anybody that you're walking behind, listen, we all gonna, we all gonna follow, right? We're both gonna be leaders and we're gonna be followers. We're called to do both. Amen. If you're just, if you're just walking and you think you're leading and nobody's behind you, then you're just taking a walk. We got a lot of leaders today, they're just taking a walk. You, you can't be, you, call, you can call yourself bishop this and son and saint this and, and reverend this and, and whatever. You can call yourself whatever you want, right? You can call yourself Jehovah if you want. If, if people ain't following you, you're taking a walk. And listen, here's the crazy, scary part. If people are following you, you better know where you're leading them. You better know where you're leading people. And this is so scary. Listen, this, I'm talking to fathers. I'm talking to mothers. I'm talking to uncles and, and, and you know, abuelos and tias and titis. If there's people following you, you. You can say, I never signed up to be a leader. Yeah, but if you look behind, there's people following you. If there's little kids trying to act like you, if there's little kids walking behind you, then you're a leader. You better be real careful where we're leading someone. The word says it's better to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and be thrown into the lake than to lead people astray. Amen. That's why the word says, "Don't be so quick to be leaders. Let God appoint leadership." Amen. Church, we gotta follow. We gotta follow the leader. Worship team, would you guys come and just join me for a moment? My challenge to you this week, family, is obvious. My challenge to you is obvious. Let's follow the leader this week. Let's concentrate. Let's focus this week on following the leader. But I want to ask you, I want to ask you to ask yourself one very important question because this is really, really critical and this could be uncomfortable. This could be challenging. Those people that you deal with, Regularly, The ones at work, the ones at home, your family. I want you to ask yourself, take the title of this series and flip it. We're not talking about Jesus anymore. Let's talk about you. Ask yourself, who do they say I am? Those people you work with, those people in your school, those, your neighbors. Who do they say that I am? How do those that know you, would they say, man, yeah, that he, she, she's, she, she followed God. She followed God hard. Or would they say, yeah, man, he's got, I know that, I know that, brother. He's got incredible faith, man. I don't, you know, I don't do the church thing or nothing, but that dude, he's got incredible faith. Would they say about you at your job, man, she is a beautiful person. There's just something about her, man, that's so beautiful. But they say you know what I, I didn't know that dude was a Christian I didn't know he goes to church but, but that makes sense because he's always been there for me that guy's always been there for me he, he give me money when I need it he helps me he speak he always got something good to say to me he's always encouraging me he's always strengthening me church let's stay focused on following the leader understanding that everyone around us is watching and that we're called, we have that responsibility, we carry that weight. Do you understand that we don't, we don't deposit something in, in something that we don't believe in, right? We deposit in something so that we can get something, so that it can do something. The Spirit of God has been deposited in us as believers, so that we can be believers, so that we can be the church. This building is not, this is an old warehouse. This ain't the church. We're the church. You take the church with you. As embarrassing as that may be. Sometimes. How many of you had Christians at your job and you just say, oh, I wish they would have told nobody they're a Christian. Because the way they act, the, with the things they do. They, right? I get embarrassed sometimes. I say, oh man if i come now and i tell somebody i'm a pastor i'm like oh what are they gonna think about me if they know this guy all the time that works here and the way he he's he's dirty he's always cursing he's always cheating he's always always finagling always trying to and now i'm gonna come and say i'm a christian or i'm a pastor like forget about it sometimes you don't even want to associate right Let's stay focused on following the leader. And listen, I think this is so important today in our culture. Please hear this. Let's not be weird about it. Jesus was the Christ. And he wasn't weird about his Christianity. But Christians, we're just Christians. And we get so weird. We get so weird. And, and listen, Hollywood's portrayal of Christians is becoming more and more and more of a joke. Have you noticed? I've noticed that in every series I've watched, there's one Christian. And he's a joke almost every time. Almost every time he's a joke. Hollywood's portrayal of us is so bad. But I understand that's Hollywood. They, they don't love us. They're of the world. They're not of God right the spirit of god is not in them they're not producing right they're they're, there it's okay for them to mock us as jokes but but the sad thing is when we do it the sad thing is this a lot of times it's our fault the stuff they put in movies is just the stuff they watch us doing and we've become a joke but listen jesus wasn't a joke amen can we stop thinking that we have to put on a show with our Christianity, and I'm getting a little crazy here, but I I really want you to to get this. I never read anywhere where Jesus slapped somebody in the face and pushed them to the ground. Never. I never read anywhere in the scriptures where where there were 4,000 people gathered to to meet Jesus, and he started being showy, and he said, this whole section is going to fall under the power of God. (sighs) And all these people fall. I never never read that in the Word. Why do we put on such a show? All I read in the Word is when there were 4,000 people gathered to meet Jesus and be with Him, what did He do? He fed them. He ministered to them. He spent hours healing them, healing them. He didn't, he didn't put on a show. He didn't, he didn't act this discouraging. This, he didn't point at these sections and knock them out. He had compassion on them. He healed their diseases. He forgave their sins. <coughs> the first miracle Jesus performed. Listen to this. The first miracle Jesus performed. Mark, Mary comes to him. He's at a wedding. And, and he, Mary comes to him and he says, There's no more wine. And he looks at her and he says, woman, it's not my time yet. But she tells the people there, just follow the leader. Do whatever he tells you to do. Because she expected he was going to do something. Listen, most of us would have never even prayed about that situation because we're so Christian. Right? If we were at a wedding and they said, listen, there's no alcohol. How many of you as christians would have said i'd start to pray and intercede it doesn't make sense right but because, why because we stand in judgment and we say, no if there's more alcohol more people are going to get drunk and so we wouldn't even have prayed about the problem because we're so christian but jesus i know this is messing your theology but jesus she comes to jesus she says there's no more why And what does he do? He sees that they have off to the side, they have six large jugs, large clay jars sitting there. He tells the attendant really quietly, he tells him, fill those jars with water and then take some out and give it to the steward of the feast. Give it to the guy in charge of this place. And the guy tastes it and he says, whoa, you've left the best wine for last. Listen, listen, listen. This is important. Listen. Jesus didn't pray. There was no prayer. There was no word of command. There was no hysterical shouting. There was no pleading with a crooked face. Oh, Father God. Father God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit in your name. Father God. There was no binding of Satan. Satan loosed the wine tugs in this place. There was no hocus pocus. There was no. There was. He didn't even touch the water. He just. He just acted normal. He just said, "Fill those jars with water, and then take it and give it to the steward." Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine what some Pentecostals would have done up in that? It would have turned into a revival meeting. We would have made a spectacle of ourselves. We would, have, we would have prayed and prayed. And while we were praying for the water, we'd knock each other out. Santo, man. Yeah. And people would have, right? We would have, it would have just been chaos, right? We would have drawn all this attention. Jesus Jesus just said, fill, fill the jars with water. And serve them And serve them and, and we, could, we could listen listen could, could it be we could say and, and I'm sure that there had to be so much criticism he received he said Jesus don't you understand that if you make more wine more people are going to be drunk don't you understand that you're catering to alcoholics don't you understand that they don't need more wine they need more Jesus that would have been us right They need Jesus. They don't need more wine. Jesus makes six more jugs. Could it be that it was bigger than the wine issue? Could it be, John tells us that it was on the third day there was a wedding. Why does John say on the third day there was a wedding? Could this whole miracle have been a picture, a hint of the resurrection? That on the third day, there would be a total transformation. That things would change from water to wine. That there would be, in the third day, we'd be transformed from life to death. could it have been in just a small hint? Could we be that kind of follower? I don't know about you, but I want to be that kind. That's who I want to be like. Family, can we step down a few notches and understand that each and every one in this room is a few bad decisions away from becoming those people that we speak about. Every one of you, the most righteous of you, we are all a few bad decisions away from being those people that we judge and those people that we talk about. I love the way Paul puts it. I'll leave it with this. In 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I became all things to all people so that I might save somebody. If that's your heart today, would you stand with us? If that's your heart, I want to just become all things to all people. So that by all means possible, I might save somebody. And listen, if you're visiting today and you, if you're new to this and you're, you've never made a decision, you've never played follow the leader with God. I want to invite you as we start to worship, I want to invite you to come forward. When we follow the leader, we got to do what the leader does and and the leader's calling you forward. And so if you've never played this game of follow the leader with God and you're saying, God, I want to follow you. I want to be that kind of leader. I'm tired of seeing the crazy Christians around me. I'm tired of of seeing all them wacky people and the way Hollywood makes us look. I want to be a follower of God. I don't even want to call myself a Christian anymore. I want to be a follower of God. that's you would you just come and join us at the front as we worship thank you church